Welcome to Pursuing Biblical Masculinity, a podcast where we explore God's Word to uncover the disciplines needed to live out our faith. Our heart is to help men not just know Scripture, but to put it into practice so that they can stand firm in the faith. Whether you're a longtime believer looking to grow a deeper relationship with God, or new to the faith and want to build a foundation in biblical truths, you're in the right place. Each week we have short episodes that look at practical ways to apply the truths of the Bible to ourselves, to our relationships, and to our work. And today we are wrapping up our first series on the six disciplines of biblical manhood. And over the last few weeks we've we've walked through each one of these disciplines and looked at how can we start to apply these disciplines to our lives and the things that God's calling us to pursue as men. You can go back and listen to those episodes and follow along by downloading our guide at reformation.coach, which will uh, walk with you through each one of these disciplines as you do this study at your own pace. But today we are wrapping up with one of the most powerful things we're called to pursue as men, even though on the surface it may not seem so. So today we're looking at godly men pursue gentleness. So in the last section, we looked at steadfastness, right? And Paul's charge for men to be strong. We love to hear words like strength and strong and power, right? Because those kind of get to the core of us. Yes, we're strong men. We can do things. Um, And then we transition to a term like gentleness. And we might say, I don't know if I really identify with that term. Uh, We often associate gentleness with weakness. But the reality is nothing could be further from the truth. Gentleness is not only something that men are called to pursue after, but it's actually a byproduct of a life that's directed and led by the Holy Spirit. It says in Galatians 5, 22 through 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. So gentleness directly is a byproduct of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. So right there, we know that this cannot be something that is weak if it's coming directly from God himself. And if we look at the Sermon on the Mount, Christ starts to show the importance of pursuing gentleness. He said, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth, Matthew 5, 5. Again, we see another word, meek, uh, that many men probably would not choose to describe themselves with. In the English language, when we look at a word like meekness, it actually lacks the depth of meaning that we have in the Greek. So if we look at the original intent of the word, it actually becomes extremely powerful. Biblical meekness is not weakness. When we look at the original intent here with with what Christ is speaking about specifically, uh, it refers to exercising God's strength under his control. It's knowing how and when to use strength that God has given us. Meekness is really about humility. It's about understanding what God has given us, the strength that God given us, and how do we apply it. When we think about masculinity, a lot of times people think of like over-aggressiveness, right? Um, dominance. Uh, it often has this negative connotation, especially in our Western culture, but masculinity should be defined by meekness. It should be defined by gentleness. It should be defined by strength under control. You see, when God calls men to pursue gentleness, he's calling us to recognize our strength and recognizing our calling and to use it accordingly. If we remember the second commandment that Christ gives in Matthew 22:34 through 40, we're called to love our neighbors as ourselves. How are we supposed to do that? With gentleness, with meekness. We're supposed to love them in a tender way. We're supposed to love them 
and, and with, with strength under control. And if we need models for what this looks like, there's no better model in the entire history of all humanity than Christ himself. So if we look at, at how Christ used his gentleness, his strength under God's control, we can look at the scriptures. He showed his gentleness in the way that he treated children. You remember the disciples were like, oh, these children must be annoying you. Jesus, let's get them away so you can do more important work. And he says, no, let me spend time with these kids and just be with them and enjoy them. He showed gentleness in the way he treated the woman at the well. Again, an outcast, somebody that, that people were probably often very rude and crude to. And Jesus spent time in talking with her in order that her life could be changed forever and that others' lives would be changed as a result. He showed gentleness in the way he treated the sick. There's so many times in, in the New Testament where we see that Jesus was moved with compassion and he used his power as God to heal them. He showed gentleness in the way he treated religious leaders. And in this case, oftentimes he was a lot more harsh, but that was still showing gentleness. If you think about the restraint that it must have took because they not only knew the word of God, they were abusing the word of God. And he used that time to discipline them because he cared. He disciplined them to show them that what, where they were wrong in their thinking. He showed his gentleness by hanging on the cross in the most violent act of all humanity. He took upon the sins of the world instead of using his strength as God to say, you know what, I've had enough of this and just leave. He showed his gentleness, his meekness by bearing our sins. He showed his gentleness to Thomas by showing him his wounds. Thomas was doubting. Thomas didn't believe initially. Thomas was blown away by, by the, even the thought that he actually rose from the dead. And instead of telling Thomas how dumb he was, he came alongside Thomas and, and was gentle with Thomas and said, Thomas, touch my hands, see my wounds. So as men, we're called to lead. We're called to be strong, but we're called to do so with gentleness. Being masculine isn't about being abusive. Being masculine isn't about being the loudest or the toughest or the most uh, dominant in the room. It's about leading with strength under control. It's about displaying the love of Christ in our words, in our deeds. It's about being humble. It's about being meek and to serve those we are called to leave. So how do we apply this to our lives? Well, the first thing we can do, let's read Matthew chapter five, verses three through 10. Take some time to underline or circle the attributes that Christ lists and the rewards of those. This is the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. You know, we often see, you know, blessed are. Underline those. Start to think about what those actually mean and how can you start to apply these to your lives? Do you have these attributes? Are these attributes something that, that comes out of you? And if not, why? And how can we begin to adjust that? The second thing is, where do you struggle with gentleness? Where are areas in your life where maybe you're not as self-controlled, you're not as controlled in your strength, and, and sometimes maybe uh, you react instead of being meek and humble and gentle? And then what are the ways that you can pursue gentleness in your lives? How can you proactively pursue gentleness to yourself, uh, to your wife, to your child, to your coworkers, to your employees, to the people in your church? How can you pursue gentleness? As men, we are called to live a life of meaning. We're called to pursue God daily. He's our King and He is our Lord. But we're not called to do this alone. We're called to walk alongside each other to help advance the kingdom. We work together. You know, talks about that in Ecclesiastes. Talks about that in Ecclesiastes where two can stand back to back and fight. Uh, 
so if you want to apply these truths, you need accountability. You need someone in your court. You need someone to walk alongside with you. And, and honestly, that's where coaching can come in and be very, very powerful. And as a Christian leadership coach, my purpose is to help you get God-honoring results in your life. So whether you're a pastor looking to lead more effectively, a husband or a father looking to establish biblical truths at home, maybe a new believer just wanting to build a strong foundation in their faith, or a man who's battling with sin and just looking for freedom that comes from Jesus, Christian coaching is a powerful relationship grounded in biblical accountability that's designed to help you reach those spiritual goals. So if you're interested in learning more, you can sign up for a free discovery session on our website, reformation.coach. We'd love to have that conversation with you and just explore some ways that Christian leadership coaching may benefit you in your walk. Mm-hmm.